My name is Colleen Kenny. I am currently the president of the Autism Council of Utah, and we do have Maya kind of in the background running around, but she's not conversational, so she can't be interviewed necessarily. Baby's in my way, huh? How is the baby in your way? <laughs> baby! Oh. What did it happen? What happened to that baby? That baby's in my way! Baby's in my way! <laughs> baby's just sleeping on your bed. Maya is my oldest. She is 20 years old. Maya's primary diagnosis is autism. Even as long as we've been in this, you know, the whole autism world, I feel like uh, we still didn't have a handle on it. You know, over the past year, um, our daughter has just experienced definitely um, more increased problems and anxiety resulting in behaviors that we were we were literally not capable of handling. Maya's outbursts happened multiple times a day, and Colleen couldn't figure out why, so she took Maya to the doctor. Maya's doctor started by testing her for allergies to medications and for other medical conditions. They asked Colleen if she wanted Maya to get genetic testing. Maya had already undergone some genetic testing as a child with no findings, but Colleen said yes anyway. We didn't expect to find anything new. She spent a little bit of time in the fall, literally in a mental hospital here in Utah. Her behaviors were so out of control. It was during that time that we got a call back and her doctor told us that, you know, normally we wait until we can have, you know, a formal meeting to talk about these results. You know, you need special genetic counselors available and everything, but this is too exciting. We're going to talk about this now, and I think it's going to give us a direction to go and to help her. So we didn't expect to find anything new, but it was it was kind of a surprise and a neat little discovery. This episode, Genetic Testing for Autism. Although testing is now recommended in the U.S. and Europe, many children are still missing out on results that could alter the course of their care. You're listening to Spectrum Stories, the podcast from Spectrum, the leading source for news and opinion on autism research. I'm Ben Kiebrick. The American College of Medical Genetics now recommends every person with autism gets genetic testing to look for mutations that may contribute to autism. But in the United States, fewer than one in three children with autism get tested. I'm Dr. Joe Kubaz. I'm a member of the faculty at Emory University School of Medicine with appointments in the Department of Human Genetics and Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences. Kubaz explains that the first line of genetic testing for autistic people is something called chromosomal microarray testing. Which looks for deletions and duplications of DNA in all the different chromosomes across the genome. Chromosomal microarrays detect autism-related mutations in somewhere between 10 to 20 percent of autistic people. So you're not establishing the diagnosis of autism on the basis of a molecular test. It may not be 100% of the explanation for why a child has autism, but you know, you're confident that without this variant, the child would have been much less likely to develop autism. Microarrays can only detect large deletions and duplications. They miss other mutations that contribute to autism. Testing for those mutations requires more sensitive techniques such as whole genome or whole exome sequencing. The former spells out the sequence of a person's entire genome, while the latter compiles the sequences of just the protein-coding genes. But those tests can be more expensive and more difficult to interpret. Whole genome sequencing is certainly moving in the direction of being a clinically 
used examination. And um, there, the challenge is not so much in getting the data as interpreting that mountain of data. No matter which test is used, analyzing the results can be difficult. There are a number of times where one ends up with what's called a VUS, a variant of unknown significance, where, you know, a person might have a difference in their DNA that, you know, nobody's ever reported in the past as being associated with disease. As the science progresses, however, the significance of some VUSs becomes known. That introduces the challenge for clinical genetics labs of what do you do with, you know, five years from now, what used to be a VUS is now a known clinically significant finding, you know, there's kind of an obligation to go back and constantly review your prior results. Currently, genetic testing cannot reveal autism-related mutations in most people. And even when a mutation is detected, it's unlikely to change the way a person is treated. But in some cases, it can be life-changing. So for example, a very severely affected gentleman who I follow with autistic features and psychosis, essentially schizophrenia, who was very challenging. He's one of the few patients that's ever thrown furniture across the room in my office. Um, you know, he was having these incredible rage outbursts, was found to have, on, on genome, genomic microarray testing, was found to have a 15Q13.3 deletion. One of the genes that was deleted was a receptor for the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. Cubells wondered if a drug that boosted acetylcholine signaling could help the man and prescribed him galantamine, a drug that inhibits the breakdown of acetylcholine. We actually published this case, you know, as a case report, because we started galantamine on this gentleman and it really helped. Like his frequency of rage outbursts, you know, went from like every single day to less than once a week. And he even... Talking to this patient, he was even able to describe that now when he starts to get angry, he can like say, okay, I need to go to my room and just cool off rather than, you know, progressing to rage. When we looked back just on his clinical history, you know, in the previous two years before we started the medicine, he had been in the psychiatric hospital a lot. And then for the next more than a year after we started the medicine, there were no hospitalizations. I mean, it's just, wow, it really seemed to make a difference. Maya, the woman with autism you heard at the beginning, had a chromosomal microarray, and the results were a revelation for her family. We have a brand new diagnosis as of October for Maya. She has felon McDermott syndrome. You know, I mean, I know it sounds silly, but yeah, the first thing we did is Google it, you know. It was just this relief. It was like, this is what we're dealing with. This is what it is. Phelan McDermott syndrome is caused by the deletion of part of chromosome 22 called 22Q13. Or it can be caused by a deletion of or a mutation in the Shank3 gene, which is located within 22Q13. The range and severity of features vary, but the syndrome is characterized by low muscle tone in infants, followed by speech problems and other developmental delays. Knowing Maya has Phelan McDermott syndrome has made her family aware of other health issues she might face, including kidney problems. We went into some additional testing medically that we hadn't necessarily planned on. We'll continue to monitor certain things in her medical health. But once again, it's that relief that, okay, there's a reason for this. This is a symptom of the syndrome. Cubell says it's common for families to feel relief when they discover a genetic cause of a relative's autism. I follow one patient with known Phelan McDermott. It's actually a very um, poignant story. He's a, a gentleman who's, gosh, he's probably close to 40 now. I, you know, 
based on very mild facial dysmorphology, on the fact that he doesn't have spoken language, you know, I had recommended that we do a genomic microarray. And indeed, you know, it came back with a, it's a 22Q13 deletion that leads to feline McDermott. And I was able to arrange a meeting with a very experienced, um, very good clinical geneticist. And we went, met with mom and dad and, you know, indicated that, yes, we think that this is why your son has autism. And mom burst into tears. And she said, no, I knew it wasn't me. This patient was old enough that back in the day when he was a little guy and she brought him in for evaluation, she was told, you are a refrigerator mother. You know, he's this way, obviously, because you are cold and distant and not loving. And, you know, if you know this person, this mom, she's one of the warmest, sweetest, most loving people. (laughs) How could anybody call this person a refrigerator mother? It's beyond me. But, you know, it really meant a huge amount to these parents that, you know, this was not their bad parenting, you know, that that this gentleman, you know, had had the challenges he has because because of a difference in the DNA. It, it meant a huge amount to them. Alain Verlot is the head of the Department of Medical Genetics at Robert Dubray Hospital in France. He says in France as well, having a genetic explanation can help ease parents' guilt that they have somehow caused their child's autism. These objective tests allows parents to feel less guilty because it shows them that it's really something that is organic and not linked because it's still uh, common belief. You know, the old theory uh, that uh, autism was caused by a disturbance between uh, the mother and child. Compared to the U.S., where insurance companies often refuse to pay for genetic testing for autism, twice as many children are tested. In France, we have a social welfare system, so genetic testing, for instance, is free for the patients, as long as it's proposed by a geneticist and done in a normal way. Whole genome sequencing found a mutation in Gabon-Savard shank 3 gene that wouldn't have been detectable using a chromosomal microarray. Here's Gabon's father, Laurent. Gabon is full of happiness. He likes sport, he likes eating, he likes uh, a lot of things. But when he wants something, <laughs> you, you cannot prevent him from doing these things. It's impossible. He is very stable, like his father. The problem is he's got more difficulties than me. When Gabon was five, a doctor suggested that Gabon enroll in a research study and get his whole genome sequenced. We forgot we, we, we did this study because we thought they, they'll never find something. Almost five years later, they got a call from one of the professors running the study. And he told me, well, we, we found something for Gabin. It was only a few weeks before he was 10. We learned the reason of his autism was the mutation on the shank free. It means severe autism. For Laurent, whose young son was still growing and developing, the genetic diagnosis didn't bring instant relief. Until this time, we didn't know the severity of Gabin's autism. It was a contrast of our things and hope. Yes, there was some hope. Because of the genetic test, Gabon may soon start treatment with lithium. Some case studies show that lithium may help stabilize mood, improve behavior, and help relieve catatonic episodes in people with Phelan McDermott syndrome. The genetic testing has also helped Laurent connect with a similar family. A few days ago, 
on Facebook, a father and friends who had read my book, The Father, a few days ago, learned that his boy also has a mutation on chain free. Well, what is uh, crazy uh, is that I, I, I saw a video of his son, is uh, five, and it's the same as Gabin, the same smile, and a lot of things are identical. Laurent hopes research on Shank 3 will one day help his son. This is very important that uh, science progresses. Genetic research is very, very important. All the parents in, in France as all around the world are waiting for progress. And Laurent has a message for all the scientists working on autism around the world. You're my best friend. You're my best friend. C'est génial. You are a genius. And go on working uh, night and day. <laughs> night. Don't, don't stop working because we are waiting in French because my French is, is better. I would say, uh, oh no, it's the same thing in, in American. Uh, bravo. Bravo. <laughs> yes, it's universal. Bravo is the word for scientists uh, working on, on autism. That's it for this episode of Spectrum Stories. Special thanks to Jessica Wright and Marta Zaraska. This story was based on their reporting. For more, you can read both of their features at spectrumnews.org. Jessica's feature is Why Genetic Tests Matter for Autistic People, and Marta's is Europe's Race to Ramp Up Genetic Tests for Autism. Thanks for listening.